What's up, my L.A. basketball family? This is your boy, L.A. Ray Harris, host of L.A. Corsat Podcast, which is brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network and sponsored by DraftKings.com. And today is episode number 80, of which I will give my take, my opinion, on the Clippers win last night against the L.A. Lakers, 119-115. to but check it out, this this opening tune over here by Houdini, one of you, you folks in L.A. know about this, of course. This is a New York joint, Houdini, back in 1982 when they came out with this, this. These boys was out cold. You had lyricist Jaleel Hutchins. You had the co-vocalist John Fletcher. He's the guy that wore the Zorro hat, if you guys can remember. And the turntable artist DJ Drew Carter, a.k.a. Grandmaster D., these boys actually made up the, the New Jack Swing sort of genre back in the day. They had an R.B. twist back in their music. Houdini was out cold, out cold back in the day. Check it out, check it out, check it out. Let me, let me, let me, let me get a little bit more volume on this right here. Houdini from back in the day. It's John Lil, yo, yo, master rapper. And when I'm yes, on the mic, it's a sheer yes, disaster. Cause MCs crumble when we rumble. Some think I'm soft just because I'm humble. So all you MCs, I hope you're real yes, good sir, listeners. Yes, Cause in this yes, battle, yes, I'm sir. taking no prisoners. All right, all right, all right. Just a little taste of Houdini for you LA basketball fans. So, check it out, LA. Last night, first big game. L.A. Clippers versus the L.A. Lakers in the Staples Center. The house divided, and the Clippers came out on top 119 to 115. That was actually a home game for the L.A. Lakers, as you saw the L.A. Laker uh, logo in the middle of that court. But I just wanted to give my, give my two cents on this game. As you all know, you know, my wish is for both of these teams to make it to the Western Conference Finals. I will stand by that. I will continue to pray for that. I still think that that may happen. But I tell you one thing, as far as the Lakers are concerned, it's getting to be really, really troublesome the way or the, the, the way that they cannot move that ball around, ball movement and outside shooting and things like that. It's just not there right now for this particular basketball team. And it's really, really getting to be troublesome. And, you know, Laker fans are really, really getting frustrated by the lack of ball movement and the lack of shooting by this team. But give credit to the L.A. Clippers and Coach Ty Lue. Now, my first observation I'm going to start off with is, is by the two coaches, Ty Lue and Frank Vogel. To me, there's no comparison as far as who's the better coach here. Now, I'm going to give Frank Vogel all the credit. I mean, the guy did win a championship, albeit back in the bubble, in 2020 doesn't make any difference it was a championship everybody was playing on the same playing field a level playing field and Frank Vogel won a championship with the Lakers during the bubble so you cannot take that away from him but what I'm seeing though when you compare him or contrast him to Ty Lue when they're coming out of timeouts you especially last night you can see that the Clippers when they come from out of a timeout and draw up a play you can tell it's masterful almost. 
I mean, you had Luke Kennard down the stretch coming out of these timeouts, man, just jacking up threes and just just killing killing the Lakers from outside. And also Marcus Morris Senior, who had his probably his best game of the season. Seven out of twelve from the field, six of nine from beyond the arc, twenty-one points. I mean, they they were bombing away from downtown, man, and the Lakers had absolutely no answer. When the Lakers come out of timeouts, it, it, it seems like the offense does not run as smooth as, say, the Clippers' offense does. You know, a lot of times the Lakers, you know, the shot clock may be running down. It, it seems like they're, you know, they're playing like helter-skelter basketball. You may have the big three out on the floor. Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, you know, three future Hall of Famers, three superstars in their own right. There's no doubt about that. Who's going to take that shot? Sometimes it looks like they're they're just they're looking at each other. Okay, is it AD's turn? Is it LeBron James's turn? Is it Westbrook's turn? And everybody's just looking around, you know, like with their with their with their head in the ass. I mean, let's let's call it the way it is. And it it just doesn't run smoothly. The chemistry still is just not there. You know, after 24 games, the Lakers are, are 12 and 12, 500 basketball. Now the Clippers, by the way, their record is not that much better. They're 12 and 11, so they played one less game. They still have a lot of work to do as well. But in contrasting these two teams, it was obvious to me last night that the Clippers were the more crisp team, especially in their ball movement. It seemed like they were the more determined team. It seemed like they had more energy. You know, as far as the hustle plays and, and things like that, it just seems like they were on the same page and the Lakers were not. Now, the bright spot, of course, is having said all that, the Lakers still only lost by four points. The Lakers never had the lead in this game. If they did, it may have been only for a moment in the fourth quarter, but I don't think they had the lead at all in this particular game. But again, they still only lost by four points, but... The way that game was going, it, it, it seemed like they lost by 14. They just they just were not in sync, not in sync at all. And I tell you what, uh, to my Laker friend, my Laker buddies, Laker Nation, the Lake Show, Anthony Davis, can we stop with the vitriol of Anthony Davis? I'm speaking of Laker fans. I mean, come on. Come on. He was their best player last night by far. By far, I'm not saying he's the best player on the team. We know the king is the guy. But Anthony Davis, the guy, as far as I'm concerned, has been consistent all year. 10 out of 15 from the field. He was uh, over 2 from 3-point land, and I'm sure Laker fans, or I know on Twitter, anytime Anthony Davis shoots a 3-point shot, the Laker fans, you Laker fans, go ballistic. You go ballistic. The guy scored 27 points last night, 10 rebounds, four assists, one steal, one block. I see that stat line all the time with Anthony Davis. But the minute he steps outside of that paint and decides to shoot, you know, what I read on Twitter from L.A. Uh, Laker fans is he needs to get his big ass in the paint. You know, you're six foot 11, seven foot tall. Get your big ass in the paint, dominate. Guys, Laker fans, Lake Show, Laker Nation, it's all about matchups. It's all about matchups. If Anthony Davis is being guarded by, you know, guys his same size or, or even bigger than him or way more than him, it's okay for him to go outside of that paint and shoot, you know, 12, 15-foot jump shots or, or the occasional three-point shot to bring those big centers outside the paint. He does that very, very well. Now, last night he got a lot of his points 
down low. He, you know, he got a few dunks down there from, uh, from uh, some of the passes that he received. But Anthony Davis's game has not changed at all, especially since the bubble. I, I, don't, I don't get what Laker fans want from this guy. So, you know, that's my take on Anthony Davis. I just, I just don't get it. But that's why we are all fans. We are fanatics. Everyone has their opinions. Now, I don't hear Laker fans complaining about LeBron James shooting three-point shots. You know, Laker fans, are you aware that LeBron James, throughout his career, his career three-point shooting percentage is only 34%. 34%. Anthony Davis's three-point shooting throughout his career is 30%. Okay, so you say, well, L.A. Ray, what's the difference? Well, the difference obviously is 4%. Is that a lot? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. All depends on how you look at the numbers. But it's not like LeBron James is a sharp shooter. Everyone loves to see him shoot the three-point shot. You know, he makes it, you know, on occasion, obviously, but he only makes it 34% of the time. So last night, he was 2 of 8 from beyond the arc. But I don't hear Laker fans complaining about LeBron James taking too many three-point shots. I, I just don't hear. You may hear a few Laker fans say something like that, but the majority of them, hey, LeBron James, he's the king. He can shoot him. But in my opinion, that game last night, LeBron James needed to be driving to the basket a whole lot more than shooting that three-point shot. It was obviously that that shot was not on for him last night. Overall, he was 9 out of 23. And again, only 2 of 8 from beyond the arc. Now, of course, LeBron James did the other things that he always does well. 11 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 steals. He did have 3 turnovers. You know, by the way, uh, also Laker fans, I don't know if you knew that LeBron James leads the uh, NBA all-time in turnovers. Uh, don't know if you're aware of that, but that is a stat that he also leads. That's really not all that great. But having said all of that, he still scored 23 points. So not saying that LeBron James was the reason why they lost. I'm just trying to make a point that between him and Anthony Davis, LeBron James is not going to get the vitriol that Anthony Davis does. Now, Russell Westbrook, the other head of the three-headed monster, just a pedestrian game, 36 minutes. He did not shoot the ball with volume like he normally does. He was only four of eight from the field. That, that is rare for Russell Westbrook. He only shot the ball eight times he did have nine assists though one steal a couple of rebounds only scored 10 points so not sure why the shot selection or the number of shots decreased in that game was it because of defense yeah not so sure about that Bledsoe was on him for quite a bit of time you know Bledsoe is kind of a strong guy but Russell Westbrook just he was just wasn't jacking him up like he normally does and he only scored 10 points but let's go back to the Clippers and the coaching. Ty Lue, all time when he coaches against the Lakers, is 4-0. That's a stat that I found out about just this morning. Somebody posted that on Twitter. And uh, if you look it up, it is indeed the case. 4-0, Ty Lue against the L.A. Lakers. And one thing, obviously, that the Lakers are missing, again, going back to them, of course, is that outside shooting and the role players. You have, you know, you had to trade. No, no matter who made that trade, whether it's Palinka, LeBron James, whoever. And you brought in Westbrook and gone are KCP. Gone is Montrezl Harrell. And gone is Kyle Kuzma, who was all the Lakers fans whooping boy last year. 
I never understood that either. And look at what the Washington Wizards are doing this year. Is it ironic that the Washington Wizards are 14 and 9 and playing pretty good basketball for the Washington Wizards? But when you look at the stats, I see Kyle Kuzma averaging 13 points a game. I see KCP averaging about 10 points a game, playing the defense that he normally plays. Montrez Harrell is the big one. He's averaging 15 points a game and eight rebounds. And don't let me mention Caruso in Chicago, who's playing very, very good basketball. Those four players are missing from this Lakers squad, and you pretty much got Westbrook in here. So now when the, when the season began, that, that trade was made, you know, Laker fans, including myself, would say, oh, wow, they got the big three, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, look out, look out Western Conference. But, you know, did we think about what ramifications that will have with the loss of KCP, Montrez Harrell, and Kyle Kuzma? I think we're starting to see that right now. The Lakers do not have that outside shooting that they really need on the, on the way that their team is constructed right now. They just don't have it. They, they, they don't have it. Other than, say, you know, Austin Reeves, he can shoot from the outside. And Ellington, Ellington last night, he was two of five. You know, we know he's kind of streaky. Now Malik Monk has been playing very well for the Lakers. He played 29 minutes last night, eight out of 15 from the field. Four of eight from beyond the arc. He scored 20 points. He's playing very, very well. A lot of Laker fans want him in the starting lineup over THT. I was reading Twitter posts last night. They was ready to get, get THT the hell out of town. All of a sudden. But it's amazing. It's amazing. Last year, THT was the toast of Tinseltown, baby. The toast of Tinseltown. Now they're ready to run the kid out of town. You know, he played okay. He missed all four of his three-point shots. I think that was the... the uh, the vitriol that was going his way last night that he was the worst three-point shooter ever to, to walk this planet Earth. But uh, obviously that's not the case. He played okay, four out of nine for eight points. He had five rebounds and three assists. So the Lakers, obviously, they have a lot of questions and a lot of answers uh, that folks are searching for, whether it's from Palinka or LeBron James himself or their team collectively as a whole. They are searching for answers. And right now, they're not finding any. Speaking of three-point shooting, they do. Of course, I forget about Carmelo Anthony. How can I forget about him? You know, of course, he's the outside shooting assassin that they have. But he's really the only one. Four out of six from the field last night. Two of two from beyond the arc for 13 points. And Malik Monk, as I mentioned, he's shooting very well as of right now. But consistently, they just don't have that. Now, when you look at the Clipper squad, oh, baby. Oh, baby, Marcus Morris Sr. Sr., a Marcus Morris Sr. sighting. Seven out of 12 from the field, six of nine from beyond the arc. I believe at one point he made five straight three-pointers. Or he was like maybe five or six or something like that. But he scored 21 points. One of them was a bank shot. I mean, that, that, the dude was on fire. He was on fire. And, 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 and then don't let me get on Luke Kennard. You know, Luke Kennard was actually my whipping boy last year. I used to just dog Luke Kennard all the time after he signed that big uh, four-year extension for $64 million. Walked into Steve Ballmer's office and just just jacked him up for $64 million. Well, I tell you what, now Luke Kennard is finally starting to fulfill that contract. Seven out of ten from the field, five of eight from beyond the arc for 19 points. But, you know, how are they getting those shots? 
Luke Kennard, Marcus Morris Sr. Again, goes back to coaching. Obviously, these guys were hot. And toward the end of that game, or in the second half, or all throughout the second half, the Lakers kept doubling out on the perimeter. And then once you do that, I mean, that can be effective at, at some points in the game. But at, at, you know, at some point, if you see that's not working, then uh, Coach Frank Vogel, that you're supposed to be the defensive guru, you're supposed to make some adjustments. And no adjustments were made. They were doubling down, uh, you know, when the ball was going in the block. And then next thing you know, uh, coming out of the double team, that ball just whips around the perimeter. Next thing you know, Marcus Morris Sr. is wide open in the corner. Bam, bottoms, splash, bottoms. Or Lou Kennard, wide open at the top of the key after the, the crisp ball movement that the Clippers were displaying after they after they uh, threw the ball out of the double uh, out of the double team wherever the double team was on the floor they got the ball out on the perimeter next thing you know the Lakers are scrambling trying to recover and they could not recover fast enough and bam there you go three point shooting by Luke Kennard and Marcus Morris Sr. and it was just daggers in the fourth quarter every time the Lakers got close you know to within two points. Or even one point or, you know, or anything less than five points. Next thing you know, either Marcus Morris Sr. or Luke Kennard would shoot that dagger, and it was lights out. It was lights out. So you can see the difference in the coaching, in the coaching style. Ty Lue, it's all about ball movement, all about looking for the open man, and the Lakers are pretty much ISO, one-on-one type basketball, you know, shooting threes, Again, LeBron James, hey, L.A., I know you love the guy. I love him too. The king, arguably the GOAT. You know, you can make an argument of that. But come on, come on, LBJ, two of eight, man. If you're jacking up them threes and ain't falling, I need for you to drive to the basket. That, that's what I need the king to do. Prove that you're the king. Drive to the basket. Put the team on your back. Do what you do best. Three-point shooter is not your best. But the Clippers, again, they, they, were just, they were just the better team last night. Now, it's the first time they played, and I'm sure they're going to play again. I don't have the schedule right in front of me. They'll play again. Paul George, by the way, only had a pedestrian Paul George game. He was only 7 out of 20. He was 0 of 7 from beyond the arc. Paul George, 0 of 7. But if you put Paul George against LeBron James in a three-point shooting contest, who do you think would win ultimately? Yeah, you put your money on Paul George. He just had an off night from beyond the arc. But he still scored 19 points. He had eight rebounds. He had nine assists. You know, it's these type of players, you know, superstar type of players. If they're not uh, being efficient offensively, if they're just having an off night offensively as far as putting the ball in the basket, then they do other things to help their team win. And that's exactly what Paul George did. Eight rebounds, nine assists, two steals. That, you know, he's the alpha dog of that team. There's, there's no doubt about it. Reggie Jackson had an off night. Six out of 16. This is what make this, makes this victory by the Clippers even more impressive. Their two best players, or their two best offensive players, I can say, were combined 13 out of 36 from the field. Two out of 14 from beyond the arc. Reggie Jackson did hit a couple of shots from beyond the arc. But again, Reggie Jackson didn't have his best shooting night, but he had eight assists. He had eight assists in this game. So he was doing other things. Like I said, the Clippers just seemed like they had a little bit more energy. Seemed like they wanted this game. It's a little bit more than the Lakers did. 
you know, you got, you got, and, and, the, and the Clippers, by the way, let me say this. They have probably the best center rotation in the game uh, next to probably the Cleveland Cavaliers. But, you know, you got you could throw Zubak out there. You could throw Ibaka out there. And, my God, then you can bring in Isaiah Hartenstein. Isaiah freaking Hartenstein. 16 minutes, 5 out of 7 from the field, 11 points. I mean, every I mentioned this in my last episode, episode number 79, that good things happen when Hartenstein is on that court. Yeah, it's just it, it, good things happen when he's out there. And, again, that three-headed monster, other, other than – you know, you got your Jared Allen of over there in Cleveland, Evan Mobley, and then you got, um, oh, what's the kid's name, Marketing over there. They're all like seven feet tall, okay? That can probably rival your Abaka, Hartenstein, and Zubox. By the way, as, as good as Jared Allen is playing, that three-headed monster at center in Cleveland is probably better than the Clippers. But I don't see any other team that's better than the Clippers when it comes to the center position collectively, collectively. And you got a guy like Abaka who can stretch the floor as a center. He was three out of three from beyond the arc. Six rebounds, three assists. I mean, this team, imagine how good this Clippers team would be right now if Kawhi Leonard was playing with the same lineup that they have or, or the same core group of players. If they had Kawhi Leonard right now, which, who they probably won't have for the, for the entire season. But even, even so – the Lakers, I'm sorry, the Clippers would still be in the thick of the playoff hunt. And they would have a, a, a chance, just like any other team, you know, all depends on injuries and things like that, to make a nice run in the playoffs. You even have Brandon Boston Jr. Brandon Boston Jr. played some significant minutes. Only played seven minutes, didn't score. He looked like he may have been a little nervous out there, you know, playing with uh, uh, his buddy, Bronny James, over at Sierra Canyon, playing, you know, playing against his dad, LeBron James. So Brandon Boston Jr. kind of looked a little tad bit nervous. He only played seven minutes, made a couple of free throws, but he's going to be a, a, a very, very good player. But overall, this was a very, very exciting basketball game. Really, really, really enjoyed this game. And, and again, reading the, tw uh, the Twitter post yesterday, the trolling, you know, started early yesterday, of course. You know, of course, you have the same old stuff, which is kind of getting kind of old and tired, in my opinion, by the way, with, you know, Lakers – Fans calling the Clippers the flippers, and yes, Clipper fans, you too, calling the Lakers the fakers. I'm not in it, all that kind of stuff. It gets kind of old after a while, but I understand it. City of Los Angeles, house divided, Staples Center, yada, yada, yada. That's how it goes when you have two professional teams in one city. I get all of that, but some of the stuff is getting really, I mean, four-letter bombs. You know, one Twitter poster Say, hey, what? Uh, nobody likes the bitch ass Clippers. I'm like, wow, the bitch ass Clippers or F the Clippers. I can't say the F word on, uh, on this basketball podcast network. I get in trouble, but you know what I mean. You know, you know, cluck the Clippers, you know, the hell with the Lakers. I mean, it's, it's enjoyable reading. It really is. It really is enjoyable reading. You know, I enjoy the trolling. That's, I just don't uh, care to participate in it as I am the unbiased host of L.A. Corsair podcast, and I show both of these teams love. So can both of these teams make the Western Conference Finals, which is my dream? Yes, they can. I tell you what, <laughs> neither one of these teams right now looks like they'll be able to beat Phoenix or Golden State. I mean, I can dream and pray all I want to, but 
both of these teams are going to have to play better in order to beat those two teams. Golden State uh, avenged the loss uh, earlier against Phoenix uh, last night as well. But, you know, these two teams, uh, they, they're going to have to get a whole lot better if they want to beat Phoenix and or Golden State. As far as the Lakers are concerned, it's getting kind of, I don't know, it's getting kind of hectic. It's getting, it's getting, it's getting kind of hectic. I don't know if a trade is going to happen, but they're going to have to go out and try to find a shooter or two. Somebody that can stretch that floor other than Carmelo Anthony and um, uh, what's the guy's name I'm thinking of? Uh, Ellington. I'm sorry. Ellington. You got Carmelo Anthony and you got Ellington and Malik Monk when he's hot. Reeves is still a, still a rookie. You know, I, you know, he may hit a rookie wall. Who knows? But they have to get some outside shooting uh, in, in order to, to make this team more efficient, let's say. More efficient. And the Clippers, you know, I, I'm not going to say they don't need anything, uh, you know, other than Kawhi Leonard to come back. But they're playing steady basketball. I mean, their team, they're not going to make any major changes at the trade deadline, I don't think. They're, they're going to go with what they have. They're going to they're gonna go with the flow and see what happens. You know, what they have up their sleeve is one of the best coaches in the league in Tai Lue. So I don't see this roster changing much. But, again, in any event, uh, my prayer, I will still stick to my prayer and hope that both of these teams make a deep run into the playoffs and at the very least end up playing each other in the Western Conference playoffs at some point. Now, imagine how exciting that would be if that happened. Even if it wasn't in the Western Conference Finals, it's something that I would like to see. So, again, that's my take on the game last night. Very, very good game. Very, very good game. You know, very entertaining. 119 to 115 victory by the Los Angeles Clippers. And we move on. You know, both teams move on. They got that game out the way. So, you know, Lakers, let's get back to the film. You know, see if you can get, you know, do something with that ball movement and and stop, you know, having so many isolation plays and uh, see if that offense can be a little bit more efficient. And as far as the Clippers go, I guess, you know, they'll just keep doing what they're doing and the results will be what the results will be. So before I get into my second segment uh, around the NBA, just want to talk about one particular player for the Cleveland Cavaliers who's playing very, very good basketball nowadays. But before I do that, let's have a word from our sponsor, DraftKings.com. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, highest-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's just that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN, bet $1 on any team to score, and you win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. New customers only. 
Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Oh my mama, mama. oh my who, I look fly, yeah. I look good. good, touch my swag, swag. wish you cool, I look fly, yeah. I look good. good, oh my mama, oh my All right, all right, all right, L.A. basketball fans. Again, this is your boy, L.A. Ray Harris of L.A. Corsat, brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network and sponsored by DraftKings. That's a little Charlie boy. What do y'all know about that? Charlie boy from Houston, Texas. Let me give you another little taste. Again, that joint is off the hook. Charlie Boy, he came out, I believe, back in 2009 or so like that from Houston, Texas. You know, not one of your larger, most well-known artists, but that one song right there, I Look Good. And I equate that to uh, specifically to Jared Allen and the Cleveland Cavaliers, especially Jared Allen, I Look Good. Or in this case, you can say they look good. And speaking uh, specifically about the Cleveland Cavaliers, you know Eastern Conference. Yeah, sometimes you get tired of hearing about the same old teams. You know, you got the Brooklyn Nets, and even though their record looks looks good, I think they're like the third best record in the NBA or something like that. Yeah, you know, you still got the uh, you know Kyrie Irving debacle with the vaccination and all of that jazz, and you know James Harden the beard. You know, sometimes he's playing well, sometimes he's not. Kevin Durant's doing his thing. You know, you got the Philadelphia 76ers with the Ben Simmons fiasco. I don't expect for the, the Philadelphia 76ers to make it to the to the uh, NBA Finals. You know, then you got the New York Knicks. You know, Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett and those boys over there, they're okay. You know, they're okay, I guess. You know, you got the Miami Heat, who I think may be the team that comes out the East as long as they stay healthy. But it's good to see other teams doing well. I mentioned earlier in this episode about the Washington Wizards, who are 14-9 and and have got three of the – former Laker players on their team, you know, and Montrez Harrell and uh, KCP and Kyle Kuzma. But the Cleveland Cavaliers also playing uh, very, very good basketball at 13 and 10. Now, it's a shame that Colin Sexton, I believe he's out for the year with that injury uh, because that kid is dynamite. That kid is dynamite, and hopefully he recovers. But I tell you what, Jared Allen, who uh, was on the Nets, and, of course, he was trading in that big – uh, trade that involved uh, James Harden. He ended up in Cleveland. He is playing the best basketball of his career. Now, in his career, he was averaging 11.1 points per game and eight rebounds. This year, with Cleveland, he's averaging 16.9 points per game and 11 rebounds. And speaking of DraftKings.com, not sure, you know, if, if gambling is not available, sports gambling not available in your state on DraftKings.com, you can still do the fantasy basketball. Uh, gambling, let's say, call it what it is. And I tell you what, Jared Allen, if you pick him, as far as how many points he's going to score or a combination of points, rebounds, and assists, he's always over. So if you're thinking about signing up for DraftKings.com on the fantasy side of things, one of your players that you want to pick on any given day, if Cleveland is playing, is Jared Allen. 
But they have more than Jared Allen on this team. Of course, I mentioned uh, Evan Mobley, the rookie from USC. Now, Cleveland beat Washington just last night, 116-101. to 101. Mobley didn't play particularly well, only 3 out of 12 from the field. He did have seven rebounds, however, and four assists for six points. But as a rookie, he's playing fairly well. Jared Allen, the aforementioned Jared Allen, 13 out of 17 from the field. 13 rebounds, two assists, 28 points. That stat line is so consistent. You see it almost every single game with Jared Allen. He will should be or will be on the All-Star team this year. He should be. Jared Allen should be on the All-Star team this year representing the Eastern Conference. And then you could throw out uh, a, a marketing, you know, another seven-footer they have on there. He scored 15 points last night against Washington. And, of course, since Colin Sexton is out now, Darius Garland is their main ball handler and their main distributor. He scored 32 points last night. Darius Garland, 11 out of 17 from the field, 5 out of 6 from beyond the arc, 10 assists, 8 rebounds. Kid almost had a triple-double. And then they can come off the bench with the, uh, I'm going to call him archaic now, Kevin Love. He's not the player he used to be, of course, but he's still serviceable, scored 13 points. And, of course, you got uh, Ricky Rubio on that team as well. So I like to see uh, Cleveland do well. They have not, you know, if LeBron James is not on their team, just seems like they're, they're not going to do anything. But Cleveland fans, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel with your basketball team. If Colin Sexton comes back next year 100% healthy and then they fortify this lineup, with maybe another shooter or two, this team is going to be hell to deal with, especially if Jared Allen keeps improving. Uh, Evan Mobley, again, he's only a rookie. Uh, Markkinen stays uh, uninjured. And, you know, you still have Darius Garland there. I don't know, Matt, I believe this is the last year, I believe, of Kevin Love's albatross of a contract. And if they can get rid of Kevin Love – Maybe, I don't know, maybe even this year, a sign and trade. Maybe somebody needs a, a guy, a power forward such as Kevin Love that can shoot from the outside. He can rebound. He can pass the ball. Somebody that's looking for a, a guy like that to help win a championship this year. Maybe Cleveland can unload him, get some assets in return, and then turn those assets uh, uh, next year into uh, something more plausible for them and, and just keep it moving. The Cleveland Cavaliers are in a really, really good place. So is the Washington Wizards. Again, you know, again, you're just tired of hearing, the, oh, the, you know, the, the Brooklyn Nets and, you know, Kyrie. Kyrie may take the vaccine. He may not take the vaccine. Or the Nets may just have him play on the road and not play at home in Brooklyn. Now, what kind of crap is that? He, they're actually going to allow him. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I've heard, heard rumors of that happening. They're going to allow him to play on the road, but at home he doesn't have to. So what would the other players on the team think about that? Uh, what is this, preferential treatment? Yeah, he plays on the road, unless, unless he goes, of course, to San Francisco and plays Golden State or goes to Los Angeles, where he wouldn't be able to play there either. But any other city in the NBA, he'd be able to play on the road. I, 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 I don't see that happening. I, I would hope that the Brooklyn Nets would not do that. Why don't you just go ahead and trade the guy to, uh, to some state that doesn't have these strict rules, COVID rules that New York and California does? And then again, like I mentioned, the other teams, you always hear about Philadelphia, tired of hearing about Ben Simmons and that, that saga that's going on there. Although, although Laker fans, you know, I, I wouldn't mind. I don't think it would happen. 
a swap of Westbrook for Ben Simmons. At least you don't have to worry about Ben Simmons jacking up threes all day long because he's scared to shoot it anyway. But what he will give you is stellar defense. He can facilitate, of course. A guy's 6'10 and can facilitate. He can see over the defense. And, of course, he can pass the basketball. And he can drive to the basket pretty much at will, similar to what uh, Westbrook does. The only difference is that Ben Simmons is a lousy free-throw shooter. But, uh, you know, would you make that trade, Laker fans? Eh, you know, maybe, maybe not. New York Knicks, uh, Julius Randle, yes, very, very good story. You know, R.J. Barrett, you know, he is what he is, nothing special. Yeah, I really don't think that they're going to make all that much noise in the playoffs. So it's refreshing. It's just refreshing to see another team such as Cleveland and or the Washington Wizards, you know, make a little bit of noise in the Eastern Conference anyway. So that's my little take for uh, going around the NBA. So with that, LA fam, I'm going to leave it right there. Thanks again for listening. Thanks again for supporting this uh, podcast, LA Courtside Podcast. Thanks again to the Basketball Podcast Network and DraftKings.com for sponsoring this show. And if you don't want to miss any further episodes, uh, wherever you platform that you use to get your podcast from, whether it's uh, Apple, whether it's Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, whatever platform that you use to get your podcast, um, look up LA Corsat Pod and you will find it. And make sure you subscribe and also write a review on the podcast. I would really appreciate it. Constructive criticism is great. Hey, tell it like it is, baby. LA Ray, yeah, you do a pretty good job. Well, LA Ray, you probably do this a little bit better. Or LA, LA Ray, you suck, man. Hey, it is what it is, baby. Constructive criticism. That's what it takes to get better. Again, with that, LA fam, thanks again for listening. Until the next episode of LA Courtside Podcast, peace. Just lay down slow, recognize a real dawn when you see one Sipping on booze in the house of blues I'm going, going back, back to Cali, Cali I'm going, going back, back to Cali, Cali, Cali uh, I'm going, going back, back to Cali, Cali I'm going, going back, back to Cali, Cali if I got to choose the coast, I got to choose the east. I live out there, so don't go there. But that don't mean a n- can't rest in the west.